Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Labelling the Disabling podcast. Ed and I and our guest today, um, Dee, are at the Your Choice, Your Voice Self-Advocacy Conference in Wollongong. Hey, everybody. Hello. Thank you. And as I said, we are broadcasting live from the conference. It is so exciting to be here. And what we're doing is we are getting people and um, whisking them into a room to interview. And today we're joined by Diane McTackett and people know you as Dee. Yes. And you're from Port Stephens, is yep. that correct? Yep, so where correct. is Port Stephens for some people who might not um, know where that is? It's near Williamtown Airport, I guess, is or Nelson's um, Bay. Nelson's, is that near Newcastle, would we yeah, say? Yeah, near yep. Newcastle. Okay. Yeah. Yep, thank you so much. And what's brought you to the um, Your Choice, Your Voice conference today? Um, I've come to talk about being a mother with a disability and the whole experience from finding out I was pregnant to actually having Roman up until now. Okay, so you have um, a little boy called Rome. Yes, I met he's him. Four. He's gorgeous. He's thank four. You. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's a fabulous speller for someone who's four. <laughs> thank um, you. And... Um, can you tell us a little bit about your story then as a person with disability yeah. um, and now a mother with disability? So you can share with us as much or as little as you'd like to, but for people, because we're um, podcasting, yep. what does disability mean for you, Dee? Um, well, I have spinal muscle atrophy, so that's a degenerative neuromuscular disease, um, which means my muscles all get weaker and fade away. Um yeah, I lived a pretty typical childhood and teenagehood. I didn't really ever think I'd become a mum. Just, yeah, wasn't something I thought I'd, I'd be doing, but turns out I am. And, and is your disability something you have from birth? or? Uh, it was, but I could walk, so I wasn't diagnosed till I was about two. Okay. Um, and I still didn't quite fit... Um, my diagnosis, so until there was um, genetic testing, it was a question mark as to what I actually had. Um, the blood test confirmed that when I was 22. Okay. Yeah. But and have you used a wheelchair for most of that time? Yes. Um, probably since I was about seven full time. Yeah. Okay. Was it a shock when you found out you were pregnant or did you were you ever told... You can't have children or anything like. I don't um, want to get too personal. If no, you, that's it's up fine. to you, Ask how much anything. you want to share. Um, no one ever really said I couldn't physically. Um, I just thought it would be a lot to deal with. You know what would everyone think and all that kind of stuff. So I just put it to the back and thought. Was it always something that you, you know, really wanted to do? Like. Um, you know, well, I think I talked myself into the fact that I wouldn't be able to, so I just thought, yeah. no, I'll be a mum to fur babies. Right. Instead. Okay. Yeah. You just said something um, that I found really poignant. Um, you said, what would people think? Yeah. Can you try and elaborate that on that point for us a little bit? Because that, to me, sounds like something huge um, in terms of your own life. Yeah, Um we're just the judgment you get being disabled anyway and trying to live a uh, normal so-called life. Mm -hmm. You'd get people, well, I assumed I'd get a lot of people going, you know, well, don't leave a child with her. She can't look after herself, so. Mm -hmm. Did people, her. have you heard people actually say that or? I actually have. Yeah. And it was 
the lady from our news agency where we frequent and um, she's wow. our JP. So I had to get her to sign some forms when I was pregnant. And when she found out I was pregnant, she looked at me and said, oh, I just thought you were getting fat. And I was like, oh, okay. And then oh people overheard her saying. You just thought you what? She just thought I was getting fat. Oh, okay. Um, and she was overheard saying things to so people in the shop like, um, oh, how's she going to deal with it? What, how's she going to look after it? And so there was none of the usual sort of, oh, congratulations. You know, that's the normal her. response, yeah, isn't yeah, it? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I hear somebody's pregnant, I'm like, and, and in fact, you, I do know Dee, and, you know, yeah. she, I heard you were pregnant. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm yeah. so excited. <laughs> uh, I always thought you'd be a bloody fantastic well, mom. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that it's an awesome thing, isn't it? Yeah. Usually yeah. when people are telling you they're pregnant, it's something mm. they want to do. Yeah. Um, it's something they're looking forward to. It's not something they need judgment on. That's um, right, yeah. So, yeah, I was very interesting, interested in what you said about what would other people think. Yeah. So motherhood, um, I'm a mother of three. Um, yeah. And as you know, I just mentioned that I'm legally blind. And yeah. I guess people did ask me questions, well, how are you going to do this and how are you going to do that? So I did encounter some judgment. But being a mother is very difficult I find more emotionally than physically. Um, but in your case, have you? Um, what challenges have you experienced yourself being a mum? Um, probably the biggest challenge was changing his nappy when he was a newborn. Yep. Um, oh, from about nine months old, he could help me do it. Like he knew to lay still and if I was having trouble pulling a tab off, he'd just reach down and pull it off and <laughs> he was really good like that. Um, yeah. And dressing him, but I've had help to do all that and he learned how to do that for himself really quick. So, yeah. yeah. So, what's what's it been like for Rome? Like, has he um, – because you said – I mean, my son when he was – Rome, because what's Rome for? Four, yeah. I mean, when my son was four, he was not in any way as – able to uh you know do all of those things is independently so it's interesting yeah. to hear you say that he was you know doing up his own nappies and things i mean for yeah. me to think about albert yeah. doing that that is just well, not happening um from about one and a half yeah. so he's always been able to follow my tone before mm -hmm. he could understand right. what i was saying so if he went to go near somewhere where i didn't want him i would just say ah and he knew he could tell the difference between a serious ah and a mm. not so serious ah ah mm. um so he's been showering himself fully from about one and a half. Wow. So wow. setting his own water temperature and listening to yeah. everything I'd tell him to do. And yeah, yeah. he's yeah. very independent, orders his own food and drink when we're out and gets my card and pay waves it. I hear he loves a shower. Yes. He's had, <laughs> I think he's had three since we've been here. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, yeah. I think that is. Um, in a world where we mollycoddle our children so much and yeah. we try and be so overprotective and we use this term helicopter parenting and mm. I, I think the fact that he is doing all of that at four and at one and a half yeah. um, mm. to me signifies a better form of parenting than what we It's interesting, doing. isn't it? Um, yeah. It used to. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. we are super protective. Our kids are growing yeah, up to yeah. be 28, still living at home, yeah. never, mm. you know, they're not independent. So that's that's and, yeah. really throws in the face of what that woman mm. in the local news agency had to say mm. in exactly. terms of well, your she won't success. Look at me now. <laughs> yeah. 
gosh. She's going to be even more shocked when she finds out I'm having another one. So. Oh, God. Oh, wow. Yeah. Another one. Congratulations. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, my gosh. How better, exciting. Better when the morning sickness passes. I bet. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> that is super exciting. That Thank is. You. Yeah. And, and, and knowing how independent Rome is yeah. Um, mm. and just how – you know, how excited he's going to be to have a, a brother or a sister. Mm. Yeah, it's a um, sister if you ask him. Oh, is it? He won't okay. It okay. It's not. Oh. <laughs> well, hopefully he's right. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Mm. So apart from being a busy mum of a four-year-old, yeah. um, what has brought you to the conference? Um, just I want to make people more aware of the fact that we are just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like there isn't any difference. Mm. Everybody Everybody has needs, wants, desires. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody has a different way to achieve them. Some of us need more help than others. Yep. Yeah. Mm. I think you're one of those people, very insightful, always, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, I remember meeting you years ago yeah. and you were part of a um, like a group activity program in yeah. Newcastle. Yeah. And uh, you were really, uh, like we've heard from people today talk about the import- importance of teams yeah. and, you know, you were always really uh, switched on when it came to seeing who was a good uh, yeah. worker, yeah. Who, who was able to provide quality support to people. Yeah. Um, I remember you were quite... Um, discerning when it came to that sort of thing. I was wondering if you could – and that must be a big feature for you with your staff and uh, getting a good team uh, of people around you. So can you tell us something of that expertise, I suppose? What do you look for and, Um, you know? Honestly, a lot of it I just go with my gut and Mm. I'll ask little questions like what do they think of – well, for me it's what do they think of pets because to me I feel like I can judge a lot by – if someone goes, oh, nah, yuck, get them away, well, mm. they're not going to work very well because I have two cats and two dogs. So. Okay. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just little questions about themselves that I throw in the interview, mm. like their life goals and stuff. You find out if they're serious about helping or if it's just a feeling so you know they're not really going to take it all that seriously. And, mm. Mm. So, so one of the things we've been talking about the conference just this morning was about how – the NDIS has brought choice and control for people with disability and you're yeah. talking about your team there and how you would select people um, to work for you. Yeah. Um, how has the NDIS changed things for you in terms of um, your choices, your control over your life and yeah. how you work within that um, sphere? It's definitely given me more choice um, with who comes into my house. So... I feel a lot better about that because I've been physically abused, verbally abused, stolen from, all mm. of it. So now, and you kind of just have to deal with it because they never used to care. But now if something happens, I can not have them back at least. Mm. Try and avoid any of that happening. Mm. Um, and it's it's been good. The NDIS has been good. could be... Maybe a little better. Could be better. How, how could it be better? Like um, we're looking for, yeah, for ideas. Instance, I had a plan meeting last plan and I had someone from St. Vincent who went, oh, you're too complicated for me. I have to go and get an NDIS planner to do it. And I said, okay. Um, I said I was thinking about self-managed and wanted more information on that. Well, she put an interim plan in for three months and did it self-managed, but no one 
told us what that meant. Yeah, well, that it was even self-managed. So my service that I was using couldn't claim for three months, which meant the NDIS said, well, I haven't used any of that funding. Oh, dear. So and they, they were probably getting massively. pretty cranky with oh. you, were they, your service? Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, why didn't you tell me? And I yeah. said, because you just told me then. I had no idea. Oh, dear. Yeah, so I got my funding cut massively. Um, so I'm going for a review for that yeah. because I need more, not less. Um, mm. Mm. And how do you find that process, like in terms of um, – what what sort of other avenues would you investigate or use to go through f- for that review? Would you um, go outside of the NDIS or? Um, I don't really know. This is the first time I've had to do a review. Okay. I, ju- I just say yeah. that because um, Ed knows about my story. So recently I applied for something through the NDIS um, and I was knocked back. Yeah. Um, and it took six months for them to knock me back, which yeah. meant that it wasn't in my year plan it happened in my next year plan and then I couldn't access that funding from last year because they knocked me back after that plan was completed so what I did was I went to my local member I've never done that before yeah um but you know I can assure you I went to my local member on the Monday by the Tuesday I'd finally got a phone call back from the NDIS after having waited six months for a phone call um by the Friday I got a phone call from the NDIS that saying they had approved the funding for the equipment um, so it was that sort of engaging people like your local yep. member mm-hmm. or, um, <coughs> you know, I'd, or, or maybe a self-advocacy group or an advocacy group to assist. I don't know how that would work in Port Stephens. But yeah, I actually know our local member and she's lovely. So uh-huh. Yeah. Sure she'd help. Yeah. 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 So it just took one letter to them and it was sorted out in five wow. working <laughs> days. Mm. Well, mm. I've just spoken to them regarding the review and asked them if – any of the equipment that I'd put in for had been approved or denied and they said there's no paperwork. So Which is similar to what I was told. They couldn't give me a letter explaining why it had been denied. Yeah. They, um, so, yeah, maybe. It was, yeah, well, I took all the paperwork in myself. So yep. I don't know how yeah. they And you've been told it. there's no paperwork. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe Carol's advice is a good one, <laughs> yeah, particularly go if you've got yeah. a connection there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and really, you know, it's you know, you're being told you're too complex or something. It's like yeah. okay, because <laughs> my physical needs are really high, yeah. but my cognitive needs aren't. Yes, right, so right. they expect someone with my physical needs to also have cognitive needs yeah. that match. Yeah, yeah. Mm. and they just can't seem to deal with the fact that they don't. Right. So, okay. Which I find weird because. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's that's the nature of disability, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's everybody's uh, unique. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I do find that somebody mentioned earlier in um, in the intros about I think it was Jesse mm. who talked about you know yourself best. Mm. That's exactly right. And yeah. and I think that has been a difficult thing for for us navigating through the NDIS because yeah. when I've met with my local area coordinator and some service providers, they've actually said to me, oh, you know, you know so much and you've basically written that report for me and you've given me so much information. And I sort of think, but that's because I know what I need and who yeah. I am. Um, and I hope that they learn from that. Well, they, you- they usually will say to me that they need it from a specialist. So, Okay. Mm. Yeah. So they're looking for that medical yeah. um, 
And I'll say, well, I've lived it all my life. Can't get much more specialised than that. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So it seems like there's a bit of a lack of trust of yeah. your perspective. or Do you think it's just that they're perhaps uncertain themselves and looking for yeah. – uh, or, or is, is it a yeah. yeah? Is it an exercise that they do need to get that um, specialist report as a standard, um, or is it some sort of delaying tactic? You know, to go uh, okay, yeah. I don't know exactly what to do, so I'll yeah. ask for a specialist <laughs> yeah. report. You know, I don't know. Um, I just think they don't know what to do. Mm. I think um, the NDIS is a bit more about rehabilitation and making you more independent, whereas. Which is great, but for someone like me, yeah. I'm always going to need yeah. more, yes. not less. Yeah. And I think they find that hard to deal with Well, because I'd applied for the hours back that I'd lost mm. and I want extra hours, especially now. Um, and the lady mm. said, well, you've asked for automatic blinds, so if we give you that, we'll have to cut your core support. So I'm <sighs> like, well, so I get to sit in the dark from four till eight or with everything open. Mm. And if I get a blind, you're going to cut my hours so I won't be able to go to the toilet either. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. A blind isn't really a core support, is it? A, no. Um, it's completely different. It's mm. equipment. Yeah. yeah. It's equipment. Well, they're so saying that'll make me more independent so I won't need as much staff. But your staff are for personal care <laughs> yeah. needs and, and, yeah. and, yeah, all of yeah. those things. Uh, so maybe itemise that in your um, – Letter to yeah yeah, and I think that housing, you know, those housing issues are very real for people with, um, with uh, particularly with complex mobility needs. Yeah, um, you know that that is why the SDA specialist disability accommodation um, is available to people with disability. Yeah, so you know I do think you know finding out more about that is really important, yep. and it's seen you know more. Oh look, here we got Hello, Rome Rome's here. Rome's here. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. So, hey Welcome Rome. Back. We've got, Did you have some cake? We've got Dee's son, Rome, has joined us in the studio, makeshift studio. Yeah, so. <laughs> and I was just going to mention as well, you're a bit of a TV star um, <laughs> in recent times. Did you yeah. just want to tell us about that experience? Um, I was on Taboo with Harley Breen. Oh, yeah. Um, we're talking about disability and he got to know all of us. There was three other people. Um, we just hung out for a week and then he got to write stand-up about us and wow. it was hilarious. Mm. <laughs> so mm. I've been to see him three times now. He's great, yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit more? I don't know Harvey at all, so and I don't know this show. Yeah. Um, can, you, can you tell us a little bit about the context of the show? Yeah, so it's about raising awareness of issues for people in minority groups. Yep. So there was disability, racism, mental health and terminal illness. Okay. And he'll like touch on subjects that people are too afraid to or don't want to hear it because it makes them feel uncomfortable. Fantastic. Yeah. So he'll he'll touch on it and make everyone feel awkward. But mm. So when you talk about hanging out for a week, do you stay in the same house together? Yep. And yeah, you we're do? in the same house and we do activities. and Okay. Yeah. Mm. And so he gets to live in your shoes, so to yeah, speak. And yeah, yeah, find out all the nitty-gritty and, mm. yeah, what it's all about. Yeah, and you had a good laugh about it. Yeah, yeah, he's hilarious. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Yeah, I will, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, fantastic. It's a very, very good show. I think, um, and, and I like 
It was. I found that very inspiring as well because yeah. I think that's again what we're um, hoping to see here. You know, bit um, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we want to know uh, what it's like for people, and um, but with the with I, I think exactly what Harley and the Taboo team were trying to do there is just you know normalise some of these discussions. Yeah. You had, yeah, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but one of the guys on the show was talking about you know um, his toileting. You know how he has yeah. to you know. Um, digitally, uh, you know, eva- evacuate his bowels yeah. every day, um, you know, and it's just, you know, kind of, it's good to talk about these things because it's just his gig, you know, and it's like, yeah. so I really like the way Harley, you know, was able to um, get people, um, you know, not squirming about these things, yeah. don't you think? can relate it back to the, back to the everyday person, like, yeah. so, yeah. He'll talk about his bowel habits and stuff. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Just, they're, all, they're all hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Let's okay. face it. Sorry. Well, it is. It's it time is. for a fart joke. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, when you when you look at that um, and going back to the NDIS and what they think is um, reasonable and necessary, yeah. you sort of have this feeling that there is judgment. I mean, those Definitely. two words for me are very subjective words, reasonable and necessary. Yeah. Mm. What may be necessary for Ed or for me or for, for Dee may not yeah. be necessary for Harley, for example, as we That's were just exactly saying. Right. Yeah. Um, and do you think that, you know, like people could say, well, you know, you've chosen to be pregnant. This is your choice yeah. for you to do this. Um, this is where I find it becomes very difficult to try and explain to these people that, yes, I've chosen to do that, but so has everybody else who's That's pregnant. Right. I just need additional mm. um, assistance yeah. mm. um, to be able to fulfil that goal yeah. in my life. It's not just like you were saying goals of being more independent. That's right. It's about yeah. goals. Do you do you feel that it's about achieving goals that other people have access That's to? That's right. I mean. <laughs> Everybody's life goal and plan is so different Mm -hmm. and I don't think that anyone should be able to say, well, no, yours is is just not good. Yeah, or it's not appropriate for you or you shouldn't be wanting to do that or you should see your limitations or that's how I felt I've been judged. Yeah, I think Mm. they're, they're there to support, I mean... Yeah. And it's it's really it's investing in, you know, your whole family. Yeah. There's your part is Zach, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, Rome, your you know, your extended family, yeah. uh, your child to be. Um, yeah. you know, these are these are important investments That's that, right. that that uh, is coming through the NDIS. This is not just about dollar figures. That's right. Um, yeah. and some That's thresholds, uh, you know, it is about genuine uh, genuinely providing the supports people need to to live a quality life that's right and, and the uh, life they choose you know yeah, and the, the life yeah. they choose yeah. you know yeah. and what people are getting back uh in our communities from from um you know from your participation day because uh, i've just been astounded to see your um you know activities and participate all the th- crazy yeah. things you're doing uh you're instagramming uh yeah. you know really fun mom i love it <laughs> i mean you. i think that's really super helpful to, yeah. to people, you know. Well, this life for Roman is going to be his normal. Mm. So he shouldn't feel like it's exactly. abnormal when yeah. he starts sharing it at school and stuff. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
What we'll do now is I'm going to say thank you so much to Dee. We've just pulled you off the floor of the conference and dragged you into a room for an impromptu uh, live podcast for the Labelling the Disabling. Thank you so much for sharing your story Mm. and for sharing your life with us um, Mm. and for – yeah, thank you so much. Can't wait for your prezzo this afternoon. I'm very oh, excited. nervous, but yeah. <laughs> and hopefully we'll be yeah. able to record that and, and yeah. cut some into this um, podcast. Thank you so much. No worries. Thank you. Congratulations guys. and thank good you. luck. <laughs> thank Thanks, you so much. Thank Bye. you.